Welcome back to Wacky Teacherpreneurs. We're back again with an exciting episode all about branding today. You're going to love the information you get. I know once I became a teacherpreneur, I learned very quickly that I had the wrong notions about branding. So we're hoping with this episode that we can kind of set you on a really cool track to understand your own brand and what that means for you. Before we start the episode, though, I just want to remind you that if you like what you're hearing from us, we do have some offers for you to work with us closer on wackyteacherpreneurs.com. We're going to have a course offering and some small group business coaching So we just want to teach you more. We could never fit everything we know into a single podcast, especially about this topic. But we're going to try to talk about it today and have a good time. Welcome to the Wacky Teacherpreneurs Podcast. Your hosts, Jess and Amanda, have been friends and teacherpreneurs for years. Along with their successes, they've had lots of failures, foibles, and fumbles. And now, they're here to share it all with you. Stay tuned for some funny times and awesome business insights. Let's go behind the scenes of their teacher businesses now. Raw. Unfiltered. Real. Let's get started. When I, like, when I first started, my... What I knew about branding, I found out quickly it was kind of wrong because when I thought of a brand, I thought of McDonald's. Oh, it's a big yellow M or a Nike. It's a little swishy mark. And I, I was thinking like a logo was a brand, but a brand is a lot more than a logo. So we're going to go over all of that today and what you need to know for your own business. So I'm going to hand it over to Amanda now. She has a lot of fun, fun things to tell you about today. Wait a minute before I talk about these fun things. What are you snacking on over there? Oh, lollipops. I mean, (laughs) I forgot to tell you that in my free time, I joined the lollipop guild. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Can you mail me some? Those look delicious. Okay. Mind if they have a little COVID on them? (laughs) Sure. Okay. Well, you, you have it too. So, yeah, yeah. Um, And I'm playing the part of the angel and we have a YouTube channel to go with this podcast. We're recording a video at the same time as recording the podcast, which is really exciting um, to be able to connect with people via video. So yesterday we were recording episode three and we ended by talking about branding. And Jess, you said that, oh, Amanda, you're an expert on branding. And that kind of scared me because I was like, wait, what, what, why does she think I'm an expert on branding? Like what? I don't get it. And I think you were referring to like my web design skills and like putting colors and images together and like fonts and making it look all nice and pretty. Um, And I think, yes, that is initially what people think of as branding. But after we got off our call yesterday, Um, I was like, "Uh uh-oh, I better like go brush up on my branding knowledge. So I went and searched my computer 
Um, and I just, honestly, I just searched my computer for branding. I just searched branding because my computer has years and years and years worth of business eBooks and business like docs and screenshots of different websites. And I don't know, it's crazy. I have, I have a library basically in my computer that teaches me all about how to be a business owner. And the first thing that popped up was an eBook uh, that I must have downloaded years and years ago from smartpassiveincome.com, Pat Flynn's website. And so then I started kind of reading this ebook. I love Pat Flynn. He's my hero. I think he's probably one of the first uh, business podcasts I discovered. And Jess, I think you were describing him as kind of like the godfather of online businesses. Like, what do you mean by that? Do, do you? Well, when I first started my teachers pay teacher store, and maybe even before that, when I was looking at like how I can make money online, is I had an eBay store for a while before I had my TPT store. I I sold a lot on eBay. And just when you're Googling things, like I would Google, you know, how to sell more online, Pat Flynn would just pop up right away. And I quickly learned his story about how he was an architect and he made this book to study for this hard architect test. And then that's how he sort of started his first online business and him just being transparent with his journey and telling more and more stories that it's just like, they sort of snowballed. And I feel like whenever you Google a question about it, you're, you're bound to run into his podcast or his website or something that he's done. So that's why I think he's the godfather. He's the first person that I was like, Oh, that's interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Or his books. I mean, like, uh, will it fly? I feel like that was one of the first business books I ever read. Yeah. And I, yeah, he's definitely a go-to person, uh, when it comes to all of this. And also his podcast is huge. He's all about podcasting. He has his podcasting courses, you know, one for beginners and one for people who are a little farther down, um, on their podcasting journey. But anyways, so yeah, I, I just kind of brushed up on my branding knowledge and, um, it also reminded me that I was actually on Pat Flynn's podcast in 2020. Uh, he, so he has two, actually he has three podcasts now. I think he just launched a new one about business fails. We should listen to it. I can't remember what it was called, but he has his smart passive income podcast, but he also has this other podcast called ask Pat. And I was on ask Pat. Um, and I actually went and looked up what episode it was. It was like 1000 something, and we'll put the link in the show notes, but yeah, I was on his podcast and he is genuinely the nicest, uh, big time online entrepreneur I've ever met. I mean, he is so down to earth, so kind, just a wonderful human being. And I think that is why he's so successful. Um, but anyway, so like, I think he emailed, you know, 2020 was what such an insane year. And he, I'm on his email list. I, you know, I I'm on a lot of different entrepreneurs, email lists 
because I like paying attention to the kinds of emails they're sending because it gives me ideas about emails I can send and it's just inspiring. So there's a little tid, little uh, trick uh, you could use, um, get on people's email lists and see what they're doing. But uh, yeah, so he sent an email and he was really, uh, this was around, you know, this was, when was this? June, when George Floyd was murdered you know and like he was just he sent an email like multiple emails just outright talking about it and talking about how his business was was uh you know mourning and grieving and like just putting social justice more at the forefront of their business and it was just so inspiring and i was just like oh my gosh and and he actually at the end of the email uh he had this like you could click this link to record a message to send to Pat Flynn and his team about how, you know, how they were doing. I can't remember exactly what it was that they wanted us to send a message about. Um, Just, I don't know. I think it was just him trying to reach out to his community and ask them like, how are you all? This is hard stuff. And so I, sense a recording. I mean, I was so, I'm like getting emotional thinking about it because I was so, you know, I think like everyone, I was just so upset about like everything that was happening. And, um, and I just sent an email, you know, and I said, I'm a teacher. And I, I think that there's so much that needs to be done in our public schools. And, you know, Pat, if you, if you do anything around teaching kids about entrepreneurship or, um, you know, social justice in schools, like I'm on board, like I raise my hand, I want to participate. And I'm sorry, I'm totally going off the cuff. And they, his team emailed me back and they were, you know, they like personally like said, thank you. And like, wow. And, you know, they were like, it was very cool. And then later, like a couple of weeks later, they were like, Hey, do you want to be on ask Pat? And so then I was on ask Pat. And so I, you know, I asked him a bunch of questions about how to use a podcast to sell more of my products. And he was great. He gave me lots of good ideas. And um, so anyways, back to branding and what I've learned about branding from Pat Flynn. Um, So here, here, here's his definition of a brand from his ebook. Okay. Your brand is derived from who you are, your mission, who you want to be, your vision, and who people perceive you to be, your value proposition. And I just love that. So there's three parts to your brand. And, um, and so in the rest of this episode, we're going to talk about those three parts, but we're going to talk about the other parts too. I mean, yes, there are other parts to a brand. So we're going to talk about 10 uh, things you need to build a brand, right? And like Jess, you were talking about logo, colors, fonts, those kinds of things. And that's always the first thing you think of when you think of a brand, but there are other more important things to think about before you think about the colors, the logos, all of that stuff. Um, so mission statement, a mission statement. I don't even think we've come up. Have we come up with a mission statement for wackyteacherpreneurs.com? 
So like we probably should though. That would be a good thing to add to our checklist. Yeah. Well, listen to Pat Flynn's mission statement. Okay. Elevate entrepreneurs to within reach of their dreams. What a beautiful mission statement. And he also talks about in his ebook that your mission statement and your vision statement, those are for your company. They're not necessarily for your customers. Um, And the brand value proposition, which we'll talk about more later is for your customers. Like that's the piece for your customers. Um, And so, yeah, I don't know. Should we brainstorm a mission statement right now or... What do you think? It might take us a while. I don't know, but it'd probably be kind of similar to that, except we're kind of focusing on people who have been teachers or people in education or people who have left education who really want to learn how to be entrepreneurs, right? Like we, we want to help them. We want to teach them our mistakes. So we save them some time in the long run just help helping those people make more money, like specifically people who have been teachers though. Yeah. So elevate teacherpreneurs to within reach of their dreams. I mean, we could basically put teacherpreneurs in place of entrepreneurs and that could be our vision statement, but what about a vision statement? So um, this is blue. So this is what you're going to talk about, but the airport test, do you know anything about that? No, I haven't heard about that. Well, I think it's actually in Will It Fly? Oh, it is. It's been like eight years since I've read that book, but it's still on my shelf. Like it was the first, me too. I I read that book first on my entrepreneur mission in the teacher world. I read that book. So, so I remind like, me what it is. Well, I feel like a vision statement and a mission statement. Some people are like, aren't those the same thing? No, they're not. So a mission is like currently what, what is your goal's like for your business or not your goals, but like what's your overall overarching. <clears throat> I'm trying to think of a synonym for mission and I can't <laughs> goal. Um, but vision is like visualizing the future of your, of your business. And so the airport test is like, you're in the airport and you run into someone that you haven't seen in years and they say, Oh my gosh, um, and this is five years from now, by the way. So you run into someone in an airport five years from now. So what year is it now? 2022, 2027. Imagine yourself in an airport in 2027. Um, we're still wearing masks. <laughs> Keep wearing your mask. No, people. it's not going to be that long. I don't believe it. I think it is. I think COVID is around for good. Okay. Anyways, we could, let's not argue over that. Um, so Uh, so anyways, they run into you and they go, oh my gosh, how have you been? And you say, amazing life couldn't be any better. And the question is, what made you say that? So answering that question in five years from now, what made you say, so it's basically manifesting your amazing life five years from now. Right. And so that's kind of like how you can get started coming up with your vision for your company. Um, like where would your company be five years from now? Um, yeah. Yeah. As a, as a business major, we had to do a lot of like studied companies, mission and vision statements. 
that was like an entire summer class I had was studying their financial paperwork, all of their balance sheets, and then their mission statements. Some companies don't create a vision statement. Some companies only have a mission statement. But I think of it as when I first became a teacher, we had to go shop around for where we wanted a student teach at. And they were like, what you should do is you should volunteer to sub at like five different schools, walk into the front office and just like get a feel for the school, right? Like go into the front office, look around what's on the walls, what's on the, how are the people working? They're acting. What are you hearing? And I remember I walked into this school and they had on like a giant mural in the office and it said, children are love. And I thought that's kind of cool. That was like really like, and I felt like that was their mission statement, right? Like this overarching, you know, like, yes, it's sort of a goal, but it's like this overarching feeling, right? Like just what, what Pat Flynn says in his, you know, elevation, it's a really positive word, right? You're like helping people reach their fullest potential. And so I always think of like the mission statement is sort of like this, you know, it's really like this giant umbrella. It's like the mural on your wall at your office. What, what would it say about your business? Like, what is the feeling you want people to walk away with? It's like, I read Pat Flynn's mission statement. I feel very empowered. I like the wordage and I feel like, oh yeah, like he's going to help me, you know? And so I like it, even though, like you said, it's written for the people working at the business or the owner of the business to kind of like, just kind of like, like, what do you really want to do? What feeling do you want people to walk away with? And then I think of like, anyway, in business school, I learned that the vision statement is more, it really is more of a short term. Like, like you said, like, in the next five years, like, what does this look like? Like, what is your vision or what is your, what is your vision for this mission statement? Like, what's it going to look like? Um, and so I was thinking like, it's more like the school goals, right? Like their mission statement was children are love. Well, like, what does that, like, what kind of goals do we set to reflect that? And so that's kind of what I learned. And it is really interesting. I mean, you can look up any company's mission statement, look up Starbucks or Target, look up your favorite companies and see like, what is their mission? And is that why they attracted me as a customer? That's one thing you can do when you start to write your own or think about your own business is look up the companies that you admire and respect. I'm not saying I admire or respect Starbucks. But I mean, I'm just saying your favorite companies. And so, yeah, and that, that really opened my mind as a young business student. I started learning a lot about companies that were ethical, that had equity in their hearts, that wanted to do good in the world. It was reflected in their mission statements. Yeah. And I I was just thinking, I, I took our cat to the vet because she got COVID too. And at the vet, it said, pets are our people too, <laughs> you know? And That's so like, good. they're everywhere. Like mission statements are everywhere. And it's really cool to have them like displayed at, you know, in your, like right where your company is located. And I think we kind of were having this conversation before we started pressing record about when like newer teacherpreneurs, when you don't consider this, you're you, like with us. And we did this too. We made this mistake of like when we first started, 
we started focused with focus on the product, you know, and like with a mission statement, it really, you have to consider your customer. And I think that's the power of a mission statement and a vision statement is like thinking about your customer. And that's one of the biggest mistakes that we made is we weren't thinking about our customers. We were thinking about like just making some products and making some money. And like, that's totally normal. But I think the goal of our, you know, the mission of our podcast is to help teacherpreneurs avoid the mistakes that we made and not just skip over this part and really put their customer at the forefront of their the decisions and choices that they make, um, which is what we're trying to do with wackyteacherpreneurs.com. Um, we're trying to do things differently and trying to learn from our mistakes, aren't we? I mean, we're having a lot of fun recording these podcasts and thinking about our course and like what what's going to be in it and how we're going to help. And um, anyways, so like moving on from mission to, do you have anything else you want to say about mission or vision statements? No, I just, I, I know my business would be totally different right now if I would have led with those, you know, like if I would have started the whimsical teacher with a mission and vision statement and really thought it out, I think I would have totally different product lines. I would have different sales. I would probably be a completely different person. I mean, maybe it's a good thing I did it and made all these mistakes so I can help the listener right now, right? Like someone at home right now, maybe that's what I was meant to be doing. But I know that if I started that I would definitely, I think, I think things would be, would be a lot different. It probably would have been an easier road, but you know, that's why I'm here. Well, yeah. And it just provides a really good foundation because the product comes later, like after you've considered your audience. Um, and that is one mistake we might be making a little bit like with trying to create a course without kind of conferring with our ideal customer avatar. But also the thing is, is with our business, we are our ideal customer avatar. Like we've, and I think that's the power of being a teacherpreneur is like your customers are other fellow teachers and you've been there you know, you understand the challenges that teachers face, but I still think even being a teacher um, and being your own ideal customer, uh, you still need to talk to other ICAs. That's ideal customer avatars, like your actual potential customers and get their feedback and input on what you're creating um, well, I have been talking to the teacher entrepreneurs in my Facebook group. Remember I sent you some screenshots. Yeah. So I do know what's kind of like central to what people are thinking right now a little bit. I haven't talked to enough people, but I have been trying to reach out to people, but we, we should, we should look more into that. Yeah. Okay. So let's go to value brand value proposition. So according to Pat Flynn and I, you can, I can. Well, it's in the show notes, put a link to this ebook. I'm pretty sure he still has it. It's called, oh, maybe not. Yeah, it's a free ebook that he gives away. It's called SPI Branding. Uh, So Smart Passive Income. So that's where a lot of this information is coming from. And I want to make sure that we give him credit for all of this. You know, like we didn't 
we didn't invent any of this. And I don't think he even did, you know, like uh, some of this is from like entrepreneur.com, but the brand value proposition. So this is your, your brand is your promise to your customer. It tells them what to expect from your products and services, and it differentiates your offering from your competitor's offering. Your brand is derived from who you are, who you want to be, and who people perceive you to be. And that's actually from entrepreneur.com. So, and in this uh, ebook, Pat Flynn has this fill in the blank thing that you can use to help you um, develop your brand value proposition. So I help blank. So I help teacherpreneurs. I'm talking about wacky. Maybe we should even put wacky teacherpreneurs because we want to attract other wacky, crazy, funny, fun-loving teacherpreneurs, you know, like that's, I want to work with those people. I want to work with other teacherpreneurs who are like us, you know, I help wacky teacherpreneurs get more money a month. I mean, isn't that what we're trying to do? Get them more income, get recurring income. So I help blank get blank. They're attracted to my brand because unlike everyone else, we tell the truth. We tell the gory details. I don't know. Unlike everyone else, and there's a blank, like a blank line. So I help blank get blank. They're attracted to my brand because unlike everyone else, blank. Um, And so basically you have to fill in the blank with your target audience, how you're going to help them and what makes your product or service unique, right? Uh, So that's a brand value proposition. It's all about your customer. I like that. I've never actually done that before. So I think that's really beneficial to, to put into this episode. That's great. Yeah. So we've just talked about the first three things you need to build your brand. You need your mission statement. You need your vision statement. You need your brand value proposition sentence. And we just came up with one for wacky teacherpreneurs off the cuff just now. What do we need? What's the fourth thing we need, Jess? Well, now you're looking at your actual business name, right? And the first thing you want to do and this is just kind of intuitive after a while is you want to buy that domain name. I mean, first you, you come up with a name, like I came up with the whimsical teacher. I used to be the word girl and I did, I was the word girl for a while. I was the word girl 22 for a while. And I found out there was a cartoon character named the word girl, like on cartoon network. So when I was looking at, you know, like you want to Google the name you're thinking of, like whatever you want for your business name, Google it. Does anyone else have it? Look it up on Teachers Pay Teachers if you're thinking of a Teachers Pay Teachers store. And then you can also search the domain name. Does anyone own the whimsicalteacher.com? I actually have a lot of funny, crazy, weird stories about that because I let my domain name expire and somebody bought it and held it for ransom. (laughs) So, and I mean, that can happen. Like you have to, you have to keep up on your domain name, but like that's buying, that's the actual like, when I say domain name, that's the the website URL that you see at the top of your screen. Like ours is wackyteacherpreneurs.com. And when we finally agreed on a name, the first thing Amanda did is she went to go see if wackyteacherpreneurs.com was available and then she bought it because they're very inexpensive usually unless someone 
holds holds your name for hostage like what happened to me but so like that's your domain name it's really important and it's just like coming up with a name it it does take a while you know it does take a while but I think that as a new teacherpreneur sometimes you can spend a little bit too much time agonizing over having the perfect name I think sometimes you just have to go with something because you can change it later and a lot of people change their names it's it is a little bit of a pain to do but it's not impossible and what I've seen more and more is that people are using their real name and then like the word teacher or teaching like if I were to rebrand today I would just be Jessica Martin teaching.com right (laughs) because like like I know that sounds it sounds it, it doesn't really roll off the tongue but like if you want to become a professional speaker someday or you want to do professional development you want to write your own book sometimes having your own name like it's not a bad thing especially if you have a unique name now for me Jessica Martin there are zillions of us maybe my maiden name would have been good <laughs> but it really it depends on your name like a lot of people are kind of they do that and it's it's not as big of a deal as you think to like have a cutesy name. Anyway, that's my opinion. Um, Amanda, did you have any to add on? Like, I mean, I know you probably think it's totally opposite, but I think that it's fine. Like, I don't overthink it. Don't spend so much time on it because it, you can change it. It doesn't have to be forever. And you're probably going to want your real name eventually someday if you get more and more into it. That's what a lot of my friends have been doing. They've been switching. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, and my name used to be school days simplified. And I, and I think I remember getting coaching from you years and years and years ago on our blab show. Remember blab blab blab.io or something. What was it? I am. I am. We were so devastated when that disappeared. Um, It was like a online. Why did it disappear? Anyways, online. I know why. Well, let's tell everyone what it was, but are we digressing? Should we go back to brand? We are, but we, we did, we used to talk on this app all the time and it was like, basically you could have four, it was an online chat app, but people could come and watch you chat live. Right. So I could be like, Hey, Amanda, you want to go hang out on blab? And we could start a room up like a chat room, like a FaceTime between me and Amanda, but then we could invite other people to come and watch us join us talk to us there was like a chat feature and so like it was really good for teacher entrepreneurs because we could all get together you could have four people talking on camera about a topic and then you could have a hundred people in the chat all chiming in talking to each other becoming friends giving advice and I think as teachers we're so isolated in our professions we're, we, we feel alone and lonely a lot of times because we're all alone in these classrooms all day long. I mean, we're with children, but we're not with other professionals that the blab atmosphere was perfect for teachers to get together and feel more connected. And I don't, I don't even remember how the whole branding came up, like with the school day simplified, but it was just something that came up in our little chat room. Right. And I, I actually, when I look back at school day simplified, I actually really like it because like you were trying to make, like, it says what you were doing, right? Like you're trying to make someone's school day easier. I mean, it was very direct. I actually like it now that I look back at it, but I fought (laughs) so hard to have her change it. And I don't know why I was like obsessed with her having just a part of her real name in it. 
I don't know why. I don't know why I fought for it so much. Well, and you're still kind of like saying I should have my name in it. And so I, you picked my name, AmandaRightNow.com. I'm actually, isn't there a new app where people can go? It's like really hot or it was hot for a little while there. I'm looking it up where people can go and they can actually chat with each other, just audio. Yes, there is. Uh, Oh, oh, I know what you're talking about. Um, And I have my phone in the other room, but yeah, I know exactly. It is like blab. Um, but you have to have an invite to get into it. Should I grab my phone? Because I actually have it on my phone right now. I'm a part of it. I know. Um, And I was a part of it. Did you join it? Did you try it? I did. And someone invited. We have our own show on there too. Like we could have chats. I I gotta go get it. Let me go. Um, Okay, cool. That sounds good. I'm, is it Telegram? It's not Telegram, but Telegram's another place that you can, um, connect with other people online for sure. It's called Clubhouse and it's sort of the same thing, except it's sort of like a podcast party because you could go on and you're just talking. You don't look at anyone's video and you just go on and chat about a subject and as many people as you want, can come in and talk about it, but you do have like hosts and you let people in. So yeah, Clubhouse, I think is the new blab. Yeah. So when we came up with um, Wacky Teacherpreneurs, I think we just had a doc and we just, you know, brainstormed, brain dumped a lot of kind of stupid ideas. I mean, do we want to share some of our stupid yeah, podcasts? Yeah, you should open it up. I am. Um, okay. So here are some of the titles that we came up with with names for our new business that were kind of not very good. Like, look, listen, this is the yakking yet mindful teachers. <laughs> well, we love alliterations. Featuredpreneurs by accident. The misadventures of two cringy teacherpreneurs. I mean, we came up with a bunch of weird. What else? Oh, my favorite one. Um, well, I really like the two teacherpreneurs tell all because I, it was all the teas. But my favorite one I thought of was busybody business banter. <laughs> I was laughing. I'm like, oh, I can't wait for Amanda to see this busybody business banter. And I was like, we could just call ourselves triple B. Well, and we do still have the tell all. So even like, if you like, so like the name, the domain name is just the smallest portion of the title of your, you know, business. Um, So like two wacky teacherpreneurs tell all, I mean, that's the name of our podcast, but like our website is wackyteacherpreneurs.com. And the reason is because you don't want your domain name to be so long for people to type in. And actually my, my website, amandarightnow.com, what other huge business has the first three letters of AMA? Amazon. Oh, (laughs) so any like, American Music Awards? No, like any time that someone types in AMA, right? Like, and they've been to my website already. 
it's going to come up with Amazon because, you know, people visit Amazon way more than amandarightnow.com. The second one down. Speak for yourself. I'm on (laughs) amandarightnow.com all the time. So I don't, yeah, I don't know. I think that's kind of cool, right? Like, cause I bet part of the reason I rank high on Google for some, sometimes is because it's so closely related yeah. to, to the Amazon anyways. Okay. Let's get back on track. We're to getting, branding. Okay. So we talked so crazy. So you buy your domain name. Can you explain like how you buy domain names? Like I've, I used to go to GoDaddy, but you said you use like one website now to always buy. Well, like, what do you what do you, you don't use GoDaddy. So what do you use to buy? I, well, I used to have my hosting, my website, because I have a wordpress.org website, which means I have to have a website host. And we could talk more about the details of what that even means later in like a website episode, but I have webhosting.com and they used to host my website. They don't anymore. Um, but that's, I just buy my, cause it's so much easier to buy your domain name through your hosting company. If you're going to have a self-hosted website, because then it's easier to connect your domain name to your host. Right. I so, will say that Bluehost has a very easy setup for like building a website and getting your domain name. Like you just click through screens and you could set it up so easy. We should probably get an affiliate for them too. <laughs> Yeah, well, it is really, really, really easy. I mean, we love Kajabi, but a lot of people can't, they don't have that cash to spend right away on Kajabi, right? So like, if you just want a website right away today, and you know, you want to pay less than $100, say, for your website, your domain name, the hosting, Bluehost, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, I like Bluehost. Um, okay, so you, so the fourth thing you need is a domain name. The fifth thing for your brand, building a brand, is your website. And a website is pretty critical um, because, like, so many we've done this too. So many entre- teacher entrepreneurs think they don't need a website; they can just use social media to sell their products. Like their Teachers Pay Teacher store is their website, right? But teacher, like, you don't own Teachers Pay Teachers. You don't own Instagram. You don't own TikTok, right? Like those Facebook, all of these companies, they can pull the rug from underneath you anytime. Like they can change their algorithm. They can, you know, really, they can disappear like Blab. Blab disappeared. Periscope. Is Periscope still around? I have no idea. Um, I mean, even Zoom, you know, like these companies can go down in flames and then you have nothing. And so that's why it's so important to have a website, especially a self-hosted website, because you own it and that's yours and you can control it however you see fit and it will not go away unless the internet somehow disappears. Um, So yeah, your website and then also to build a brand. And I feel like we're this part of building a brand is like, you know, building your, the foundation of your business. Right. And so the sixth thing is an email list building platform. And Pat Finn does talk about this in his ebook for the first two years of smart passive income, he didn't build a list and he didn't see the importance of it. And now he sees how vital it is because those people, you have their emails, you 
that is yours. No one can take that from you. That is your contact with your customer that, or, or your potential customer. If you're building your list to get, you know, like giving freebies and things. Um, so yeah, your email list building platform. I use, um, opt-in monster. Uh, what do you use? There's also uh, opt-in monster monster costs money. MailChimp is the one that doesn't Kajabi also could be your email list building platform. Kajabi, like Kajabi is an all-in-one, right? So you can build your website, you can build your email list all on Kajabi. That's, um, but yeah, so I have Kajabi and opt-in monster, by the way. Oh, I, I've usually used uh, ConvertKit. And then of course you need a plugin. And mine was called something really weird. It was like, um, it was like A S K I T or something like ask it, <laughs> but it's basically like a plugin that would make convert kit work with, with a pop-up, right? Because you have to have like a pop-up or an offer to people start giving you their email address. And so, yeah, and I, I've tried so many different, uh, email, um, email services I had convert kit for a really long time. It didn't really have much success with it. So then I switched to Kajabi, but it is really expensive. Kajabi was my favorite to use. I will say Kajabi was the easiest to understand and set things up through. Yeah. And it was just so simple. I mean, it took me like less than a day to learn how to do it all. And I had hired coaches to help me with convert kit, you know, <laughs> Like I needed like so much help with email list. And the only time I really understood it and I was in full control and didn't need any help was when I had Kajabi. So I do recommend that. And I'm sure Amanda will have her Kajabi uh, link under this if you're interested, but I mean, it is so smooth and easy. Yeah. Well, and you don't need opt-in monster. The only reason I use opt-in monster is for my self-hosted website. This episode is so long. So the last four things, uh, let's go through those really quick. So your logo, your colors, your fonts. So you do need to pick, but these are kind of like, they're not emergencies. They're not things you need to decide on immediately. And I don't know, in my opinion, like you said, I feel like you need a lot of people spend way too much time on this stuff and they just need to pick and move on you know, if you're really going to build a business in like seven days or whatever, like you just got to go for it, you know? Um, but like creating logos, I feel like these, this stuff is easier than ever because of Canva, Canva canva.com. I mean, there's so many templates that you can use to create your logo that Canva now has this thing called brand kit. And I mean, that's how I built, I mean, I, I'm the one that built wackyteacherpreneurs.com on Kajabi. And I just built that thing in a matter of like four hours. I just use Canva and I use Kajabi. I looked, I just, oh, I also use Pinterest. Like if you look on Pinterest and you look up like brand color templates or yeah, or palette, palette, brand color palette, and you just pick a palette and, and then you can put it in Canva you need to know the like code, the hex codes of the colors. So you're always consistent because I will a- say that you are really experienced on this and I can see how 
like you could do this in a half a day, but for a lot of people, this is some heavy duty stuff. So I would recommend like, if you're feeling really overwhelmed, what you might not know is that a lot of font designers, um, a lot of them will put together a logo for you pretty quickly. It's like $25, right? Like you can pay someone to find your favorite font designer on Instagram or through Teachers Pay Teachers. You can even look up like teach TPT logo, I think now on Teachers Pay Teachers. And yeah, it's like 25, 30 bucks, sometimes up to 50. They'll design you a really nice looking logo just to get you going. You know, you can tell them like the colors you like and they'll make it look good for you. And then you don't have to be like, oh, what's a hex code again? Uh, you know, like you could go after this, but remember Amanda has seven or eight years experience doing this. You know what well, I mean? Like you I- can do it yourself or just pay the $25 and have someone do it for you. I'm just saying it is an option, right? And it's, that's cheap. Yeah. And you can also go to Fiverr. You yes. can have your logo made there too. But I'm just saying like, if you like this stuff, which I enjoy it and I don't know, but, but when you like it, you tend to spend maybe more too much time on it when you should just make a decision and move on or pay someone to do it for you and then move on. And once you have your logo, then you can use those colors and fonts, whatever your designer chose and, you know, use those consistently in all of your products and things like that. Okay. Let's wrap this up because I feel like this is probably the longest episode we've recorded so far. (laughs) Overall feeling. Of your overall brand. feeling, yeah, like that. We just wanted to have an even number, right? But like, I think Ten. the overall feeling loops back around to your mission statement. Once you have, you know, your website, your logo, your colors, your fonts, do they make sense with your mission, right? Like, do they make, d- does everything kind of like, did you make a perfect little burrito for your business? Or is there something you might need to switch after going through this process? So that's what I was thinking is just like, does everything kind of, and it's not a big deal if they don't meld together well. Um, But it's all of these things can be changed as you go. Like companies rewrite their mission statements year after year. They're a work in progress. All of this can be changed. I think it's a little, probably a little harder to change your domain name and website once you get it going. Right. But like everything else is like, you can easily change these things. Well, and like when we chose the word wacky, I mean, we talked a lot about that word and what that word wacky means. And on our website, we have a wacky picture of ourselves. We have really kind of wacky colors, you know, our, when we're recording this video, we have some wacky outfits on. I ha- I've had like a halo over my head this entire episode. Like this is we're weird and we're going with it. Right. And we're, we're being consistent with it. So, um, yeah, like the overall like cohesion. And so like, what if someone doesn't want to be wacky? What are some other kind of feelings that they can put forth? Uh, like what are some other kind of brand, um, I don't know. Let's give them some more ideas of, of, because I think if, if you like, for example, if you want to sell, um, like if you want to do professional development for schools, then your brand is going to probably have to look really, really official and buttoned up and professional. You know what I mean? Like you're going to want to look 
you're going to necessarily there really there there are some big big pd people now that are wacky like we could bring this to schools if it was like educational content right we yeah totally yeah yeah but like picking yeah. some sort of some sort of see i'm an english teacher adjective <laughs> yeah this is this is the best advice i've ever gotten and it's uh and i'm sure this is again through a course that i bought but go to your facebook or social media or text your friends and say hey what's what are five words you'd use to describe me and then just see what they come up with and then that's going to be your pool of words when you start seeing the same word repeated and now I have almost morphed into being whimsical. So now even people that don't know that I'm the whimsical teacher, they will, they will call me whimsical. They're like, you're really whimsical and weird and (laughs) bizarre. You know, like I get all the adjectives that I picked originally, but if you don't know, like, like who you are or what you could use to describe your business or what kind of name you want, ask your friends and family, they'll give it to you straight. They'll be like, well, you're really this and that. And you're going to get like a lot. They say a lot of nice things. It's actually a great question to ask them. Actually, Marie Forleo in B-School, one of the first things, action steps that she tells teachers to take, teachers, business owners to take is email. I think she said 20 people, like a form email asking them what what do you believe is my superpower? And I actually saved a folder in my email of everyone's responses. I'm actually looking in my email right now um, to see. I didn't see. get this form, so you didn't. You know, this must have been one of the times that we had. This a must have been one out. of the years we were fighting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Superpowers. Here it is. So the email says. Um, Uh, let's see. Hey, this is going out to a small number of people that I respect and trust. And I promise (laughs) this won't take more than a moment of your time. I'm taking Marie Forleo's B-School business program. And she's challenged me to find out my three strongest, best qualities, my superpowers. I'm really curious to hear your take from the outside looking in. What do you believe are my three best, strongest qualities? What do you come to me for? Or where do you see me offering substantial value to others? Um, And so I got so many like goosebump feeling like answers, like you're persistent. You're always learning. You're so open. You're so enthusiastic, Amanda. Like, and I kept, like, I saw patterns over and over again, people said the same thing over and over again. And so that's really what I bring to the table in my business with Amanda right now is my enthusiasm, my honesty, my hard work, my openness about the reality realities of how hard teaching reading and writing can be. So anything else we want to add to branding? I think this is a good closing that you gave people a lot of great ideas. And so I think we should wrap it up and We'll see them again. What is tomorrow's episode? Oh my gosh. The hardest topic of all marketing. (laughs) I love it. I can't wait. Okay. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye everyone.
Thanks for listening to this extremely serious episode brought to you by some truly wacky teacherpreneurs. Visit our website, wackyteacherpreneurs.com to get more support growing your business. Please leave us a five-star review. And remember, if you share this podcast with 10 other people, you'll have good luck forever. <laughs> <laughs>